welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. G'day, Couch Peloton, but I am a little bit nervous. Do you want to know why? Uh, tell me. Okay. It's, it's, it's stage it's, 13. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I'm a little bit nervous. I'm looking around for Black well, Cat. <laughs> well, that's why I'm nervous. Like, that is why. No, I'm a, and no. I'm not really, uh, I don't sort of go into that stuff, but you know what? I just, I want everyone to get through the day, the night. I want the riders to all survive. We saw an amazing stage overnight. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant with Mark Hershey. He was sensational. And, uh, you know, three Third time lucky for him. We saw him on stage two with Julian Alaphilippe, um, just beaten to the line. And then, of course, into Laurence. He was caught in the last couple of kilometres after a daring escape, daring breakaway. And then finally, he delivers. Let's have a listen to the winner of the stage. Oh, it's unbelievable. Because I was two times really close. And uh, yeah, actually today... <laughs> I, I never believed that I could make it because I was really doubtful. And then uh, I fu- went full gas till the last 200 meters. And uh, yeah, it just feels super nice. I yeah, I can't describe it. It's hard to find what, words. What What were you thinking about when you knew that you would that you would win? <sighs> Actually, I, I I was always doubting. Because I was, they were close, and I was at the picture in mind from the last two stages. I was close, so really last three on last K, at first time believed I can make it, and uh, yeah, it's hard to find words. It's, it's my first pro victory, and uh, then in the tour, so it's yeah, it couldn't be better. It's like a dream. It's not a little victory, this one. <laughs> it's it's feels incredible. I, I don't know. It's just nice. Not winning in La Reims, did that give you that extra energy, that extra motivation? Yeah, for sure. But it's also given me a lot of confidence. I think uh, otherwise I would not never attack in this climb solo. So I, def- I know I'm strong. So it's got me confident. And uh, then I was solo. Yeah, it just gives me this extra power that I know. Yeah, no, never. I can't get three times uh, in a row on the podium only. So, yeah, it's just nice. And also all the people that uh, were, were uh, um, read me a message and all the things were in my head. And also I'm super thankful all the people that, uh, yeah, just I met in my career, but also as a person that uh, I'm now able to be here. And, yeah, I'm just thankful. And, yeah, it's... Really, really nice. Yeah, normally we, we would have played you a, a shorter interview, but this interview was 
I thought very interesting, very insightful because he talks a lot about the emotion and the fact that the f he finished twice that close mm. from the winning that got him the extra, the extra humph. And you could go down, you could you know step step up and go back and battle again, and he definitely did. He's been he's been a massive highlight of this race. So well, he's got your orange. Yeah, yeah. Like Not it. often you give the you try and give the orange. You know, we try and you know spread the love, but. Um, you had to give him the orange. Yeah. Again, he, I think I think he's the only one to get it twice uh, so far in this race. Maybe, yeah, maybe I can't remember. But yeah, uh, yeah. we've got Angus here that says so humble and so much gratitude. Yes, that's what you see in his eyes almost because you can't yeah, see his yeah, lips. Yeah, yeah, he was. You can't see the lips. But yeah, yeah I mean, he's riding like a seasoned pro. First Tour de France, first first pro victory, first pro victory. Yeah, first pro stage full stop. stage win in the Tour de France. Yeah. No, no, he he's brilliant. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if he jags another one. Let's not let's celebrate this, but. Actually, wow. qu question for you, because should we get excited about him or is he in great shape because 2020 is a bit of a funny year in a way uh, and then he's in a better shape right now? What's the future? Should we should we just, you know, keep, 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 a, a, head keep, keep a lid on it? Yeah. Keep a lid, as they say well, in AFL circles, keep yeah. a lid on it. No, celebrate, 100% celebrate him right now and put him on the pedestal, but don't start talking him up as a GC rider or a, a, a classics one day winner of a, or a monument. It's good to, it's good to pump him up. Um, but just let him, let him breathe a bit, let him enjoy the moment. And uh, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. He has come out of lockdown and the stars have aligned. Yeah. The stars have totally, obviously, you know, you don't need to be an expert to know that. Look at the way he's riding, but the stars have aligned. He's in incredible shape. Mentally, physically, everything's clicking for him. So how good is it when that happens? And, you know, this, who knows what we'll see of Mark Hershey in the future, but we'll look back on this in years. Experts will and say, wow, remember that guy. And it's good that he's got the stage win because he will be remembered as a stage winner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the uh, other contenders in that stage, uh, we'll talk about the Green Jersey battle uh, in a minute because this is really where it was at, I think, yesterday. Uh, what else have we seen? Uh, I'm going to bring one here. Actually, Jean-Pierre is also... Jean-Pierre is listening to us every day, actually. <laughs> is that, that's, not, that's not you posting No, no it's, not like, it's my fake account. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, but... Uh, Mechanic or legs for Alaphilippe? What happened to him? Uh, no, what my happened? understanding is legs. Good question, Jean-Pierre. Look, my understanding is legs. I didn't hear anything post-stage. Um, uh, so my understanding is he tried. You saw he would have tried a few times to get across to Hershey. He attacked, he attacked. He was so marked, though, by that group. And I think in the end, he would have been given the time gap with so far to go. I'm trying to think how far it was when he dropped off. And he, he would have basically dropped, pulled the pulled the cord and um, pulled the parachute and gave up on it. Not not in a negative sense. Live to fight another day. Yeah. No point, no point. Alaphilippe, he's won a stage. He's not here to absolutely turn himself inside out to finish second. He'll turn himself he'll turn himself inside out to win, but he won't attack like mad and kill himself in the last 15 kilometers just to finish second, 20 seconds behind Mark Hershey. So I agree. If that's the case, it's smart. Sit yeah. up, pull the ripcord, <laughs> roll in the last 10 kilometres, lose another five minutes, doesn't matter, um, and he'll fight another day. So uh, he gave it a good go, though. But again, it highlights how good her she was. Yeah. Against absolutely. a yeah. world-class breakaway. Yeah. You know, he, he had some great team support, though, as yeah. well. They did an excellent job uh, in Roach, and he had another teammate there as well. They were really good. Before we talk about the green, any other surprises from that stage, do you think? Or was it pretty sort of controlling 
Urshi just owned it. Yeah, no, you're right. I was about to go launch into the green. So, no, just in the race itself, not surprising. The surprise was how the stage unfolded, which will lead us into that. But otherwise, for the GC guys, it was a bit of a – I wouldn't say it was a Mexican standoff. They actually mm. had to sit in the back seat. They took second fiddle yeah. yesterday mm. because of the battles that were going on. Absolutely. Green battle. Let's talk about this because this is really where he was at yesterday. That was a, a, a massive opportunity for Sagan to climb back mm. on the points. And it didn't really work out the way he nothing's would have wanted. Going, you know? Nothing's, nothing's going, going his way, is it? It's Yeah, they. I was impressed, I've got to say. It's like they poked the bear in Sagan and got him a little bit angry. And he's like, right. We're yeah. coming out fighting. There's a question here from Rita. Has Sagan now lost the green? So he's not wearing the green, that's for sure. Has he has already he... lost it? What's you know? How many no. chances has he got left? No, Rita. Short answer, no. I don't, I don't believe so. Because he's Peter Sagan. If he was anyone else, I'd say probably. But he's won seven. He will fight on and on and on. And it takes all it takes is one stage for Sagan to get maximum points. And suddenly he's back in the hunt. And we will hear from the green jersey wearer. He'll yeah. have a little bit to say about that. But just to back on the stage, yeah, Bora did everything right. But then the race became so hard. Half of the Sagan's teammates got dropped. He boxed on yeah. and he salvaged a few points. But, geez, it was a big effort for well, such little gains. Exactly. And it's twice in a row, though, that mm. Bora works so much with very little uh, at the end of it. Yeah. Can this affect the the, the morale? Oh, the totally. Or, or not really. And, and totally. And let's remember, I mean, Bookman, Bookman's there. He's out of GC or he's lost yeah, a lot of time. Yeah. So their big focus now is on the green, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there'd be guys saying, I could have been an opportunist, could have maybe gone in that break or, you know, instead I've had to now sit yeah. on the front chase and we've got nothing out of it. But when you've got a leader like Sagan, you do what you're told and you have to. I, I agree with their tactic, by the way. They had to do that yesterday. They had to grab the race by the scruff of the neck. And look, it was just a tough sort of last 30, 40 kilometres. Um, they, couldn't, they couldn't go with it. And Sagan was doing enough just to hang on to that group. So not much they could have done. Absolutely. Let's listen to the green jersey, Sam Bennett. Yeah, I knew it was going to be hard. Um... We just had to control at the beginning and go for the, the sprint or the intermediate sprint and uh, and then just survive and try and save legs for next day. But you were expecting Bora to, to hit hard and to, uh, I don't know, seek vengeance? I didn't notice. I, I was just like, I, 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 was, I knew it was going to be hard and I wasn't looking to stay there for the end, so it doesn't. Yeah, they, they rode all day at the front uh, pushing hard. Okay. <laughs> now you know. Yeah. Uh, how how optimistic uh, are you uh, of keeping that jersey on your shoulders all the way to Paris? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid to think about it um, in case it doesn't happen. Um, but I try every day and see how far I can get. But uh, yeah, it, it, the situation looks good now, but it can change so quick here. So uh, I just have to keep level-headed and just, uh, just take it day by day. He's afraid to think about it. <laughs> I'd but, be scared too. Yeah, <laughs> if I Peter Sagan angry. But don't you like the fact that he actually had to get the update from the guy asking the question? Uh, Seb, Seb's almost rubbing it in. He's <laughs> he's poking him, isn't he? He's like, well, they they drilled it on the front all day. Now you know. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I was off the back getting dropped. Um, yes, look, I think 
Well, he said he said a, a, an interesting comment there is, yeah, everything is going good now, but it can turn around in one single day. And that's exactly my point before. Yeah. It can turn around so quickly. So Peter Sagan is absolutely in this fight. This is his biggest challenge to yeah. win the green. Of, of his seven that he's won, this undoubtedly is his biggest challenge. Furthest he's got to come back from to win it, but he's absolutely in the hunt. But do you think, humble opinion, Battle will happen in Paris. Honestly, if you had to put money on it or a, a bet, who's going to be on the podium? In, no, not here. Would I, who would be winning that green jersey? In Paris. in Paris. You want me to call it now? Yes, I want you to call it now. Party now, pooper. Right now. You want to Stay be a party pooper? Yeah. <laughs> we want everyone to watch, though. We want everyone to watch the shops. Yeah. Um, you just don't know, yeah? That's the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's the beauty. Yeah. I think, and I think Sagan could be in green on the day of Paris. Right, but lose it again. But he could lose it again. Yeah, so I do think the battle will come down to the final stage. So we'll not see. that it's actually boring on any other competition, <laughs> but that green competition is gearing up to be somewhat fantastic up to the uh, nail yeah. biter until the end. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? That's what we want. You want that. You want close battles. Absolutely. Yeah. On the other end, <laughs> the yellow jersey at the minute, uh, it's not the most exciting uh, battle at the minute we are seeing. Having said this, we'll talk about the few stages that are coming up. Mm -hmm. And like Bernardino said, the Tour de France starts tonight for the GC, pretty much. Uh, it started 12 days ago, Bernard. Just I know, I know. No, but I, tip. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he actually said, uh, sidetrack, he actually said uh, on the commentary yesterday that when Pino threw the bottle at the Dauphiné, you mm. know, when he got... Uh, um, uh, dropped on the last, the last yes. stage. He threw the bottle. Yeah. He actually made a comment where he says, "Pino's lost the tour, right here, right now, here." <sighs> you know, he's sort of stirring <laughs> a little bit with the French. He's, I mean, uh, you don't argue with the badger. You don't. Argue you don't argue with, with the tried, badger. Some try. Yeah, well, there was a roadblock <laughs> once in the tour, and he you know just went in swinging. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yellow jersey. Going back to the yellow. Uh, Roglic still in yellow. No problem there. No, no problem. Tough day though yesterday, even for the GC guys. That was a that was a very fast stage. So yeah. you think you think that the GC guys have an easy run? They don't either. Yes, they're protected and all that, but they're it's wearing on them. They're tired. So what we will see, we'll see the effects of that tonight. We yeah. will go into. We'll talk about the stage in the back end of this show. But this is you know this is accumulative fatigue. Yeah. So don't think that these GC guys for one second. Uh, uh, you know, they're 100% topped up every day. They're not. But does that tie up with the point that you already made before where you said we will have to see if Roglic can still be in shape in the third week? Yes. You know, that, and in terms exactly. about the, the, the long term. He's thing. had form yeah. since straight out of lockdown because the, the Slovenian National Championships were held actually quite early on, just out of lockdown. He blasted his way to victory there. He blew Tadej Pogacar off the wheel up the final sort of drag to the finish line. So he's had great form, mm -hmm. excellent form. And what are we now? Mid-September? Yeah. Too long? Yeah. It's, so it's it's a long time. That's yeah. three months. He's had yeah. great form for three months. That's a long time to hold your form. Uh, let's have a listen to uh, uh, Roglic, the yellow jersey. Uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, today was, uh, I think, a good warming up again. Uh, and uh, tomorrow probably, uh, yeah, we have to expect even uh, even harder stage at the end, definitely. Excited? He, uh, he needs to calm down a bit. Yeah, he's, he? <laughs> <laughs> he's so around. controlled. Let's put it this way. Yeah, he, uh, he's in yellow. He's so controlled. He's not that exciting. No, no. If I may say, he's not no, that exciting. No, no. Look, he doesn't. But you know what? He's he's just level-headed. 
Yeah. He's he's got his eye on the prize. And you have to be like that. You know, sometimes these G C guys, you sort of say, gee, they don't give you much. Yeah. But you've got to be that type of person, you know, to to just sort of switch off, not get excited by a question, not get too animated. Keep a lid on it. Keep a lid on it. Cadell Evans used to be like that. We'd we'd sort of try and prompt him to yeah. give us more and talk more about what about this stage? And he said, Oh, <laughs> there's three more days to go before that stage. You know, and they're just they've got a structure in their head. They've got a mindset and they follow it. And yeah. it's just ticking off each day, bit by bit, and climb by climb, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that that that's what Roglic is. It might come across a little bit robotic, but that is what will win him the Tour de France as well. Absolutely. And then we if you go back to other years, uh Chris Froome, Gian Thomas, mm. they were not Gian Thomas was okay though. Yeah, G was cool. a bit yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, but, dropping the mic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Froome wasn't the most excited, very, very polite and everything. Oh, he's a gentleman. Excited, yeah. Not the most exciting person to interview as well. Yes. So I guess does that come with the yellow jersey? Sort of some sort of responsibility. Oh, they're a different breed. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a completely different breed, GC guys. I mean, it's no, they they totally are to sprinters and you know, opportunist riders. It's amazing the different characters it's like the character suits yeah. the type of writer that they are Absolutely. um yeah it is it's interesting anyway we have a guest in this program it's something we recorded earlier for you uh, and it's a very interesting chat it's lauren kitchen we had a good chat with her we had a great chat yes and uh no it was good it was good she she jumped on and she's had a well we'll let her tell you about it but um she's had an interesting start to her season yeah interesting is the word mm. that's lauren kitchen recorded earlier your year 2020 and if we think we had a rubbish year yours is not far out yeah oh it's been it's been definitely a solid uh interesting 2020 very different to other years put it that way but you know it's all part of it um i guess and um yeah you just got to keep going you know <laughs> i i love it lauren you, you don't go into details so let us go into details for all of our listeners and viewers uh, obviously, as we know, the season basically got stopped at Strata Bianca. Mm-hmm. You came home, you made the decision, like quite a few of the women, to sort of come home when the COVID-19 crisis hit, because it hit pretty hard in Europe, as we know. Yeah. Then you made that journey back uh, with your teammate, Brodie Chapman, and mm-hmm. it was still in the unknown. You go to start your first race, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was your first <laughs> race, and bang, you do your collarbone. I mean, yeah. seriously, how... You must have just been lying on the deck thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah, I know. It definitely wasn't an ideal start back to racing. And, yeah, like the, the whole year has been a bit uh, wish-washy, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really happy I went back to Australia. Um, a lot of my French teammates were inside for eight weeks uh, on the trainer. So, I mean, I could ride outside. So that was good. Uh, and I got to spend time with my family. Um, but, yeah, coming back was, um, you know, it was a stressful process to go through getting a travel exemption and and then, you know, can we get into Europe and do I need to quarantine and, and that whole process. Um, and then I finally felt like I was, you know, getting some good form going and looking forward to getting into some racing. And then, yeah, first race I crashed and um, I actually don't remember much. I hit my head as well, so... I mean, I guess that's a good thing at, at the at that point because, um, yeah, I don't remember how I felt. Um, but, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad a break. Um, I didn't need surgery. Um, it wasn't displaced. It wasn't even broken all the way through in the end. So, um, so you didn't uh, in, start interrupt. You, you yeah. didn't need surgery in the end. No, in the end, I was actually quite lucky. Like, as, um, as we know with collarbones, you get surgery, you can get going pretty quickly again. 
Um, so my team sent me to a specialist in Paris and he was like, there's no way we're operating on this because it's not even broken all the way through after a CT scan. So, I mean, I was actually on the trainer after five days um, and then I was out or four days <laughs> and then I was outside um, after two and a half weeks. Um, so I feel like I just sort of maintained um, through that and didn't lose too much. So hopefully that's going to be all right if we do get to race um, again next month. For me. I feel rubbish because uh, I did my collarbone as well this year uh, and I had surgery. I've got a big scar yeah. here and I'm still not riding as much as I was before. So. He's, he's <laughs> a softie though. He's I'm a softie. A, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to show you the scar goes all the way here. You know? <laughs> uh, anyway, can we actually just before you jump in, uh, we took the liberty to uh, bringing this picture uh, uh, to you. That was mm -hmm. you on your Facebook. So we thought, yeah. I hope that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Tell us how you felt in in after that crash you know how how you know when the memories came back yeah yeah so um actually to start with i was okay um mentally i was like you know it's part of it and all positive and happy and it actually well to an extent um but it actually came about maybe two weeks after i it really sort of hit me uh, and i was like wow i've done all this this year and this is what happened like seriously like <laughs> You know, you go through all of this and also, you know, training when you have no goal and um, trying to hold that level and everything I went through um, to then crash in my first race, it really hit me for a couple of days and uh, threw me out a fair bit. Um, and took, I took a couple of days, yeah, pretty easy and had some calls with my coach and some family to get myself sort of straight and some new goals, I guess. Um but yeah, it, it definitely was a hard moment when I when I had the realization of it all come together. It's um, and I imagine that Lauren, because you've mm. been around a long time, but this is a mm. unique year. So I mean, <laughs> I guess in cycling we talk it down, don't we? You do a collarbone; it's almost a common thing that happens yeah. to a pro cyclist at some point in their career. But when you do it through a COVID crisis, such a unique year, because you almost can't see light at the end of the tunnel on a good day you know yeah. this year especially so that must have been especially tough I guess for you just talk us through that mm -hmm. mental side of it because you know it's it is a unique thing this year yeah so for me personally I've had a fair bit of uh work in this area recently um because I'm yeah with the whole everything going on I recognized that I really struggle with um sort of not having control <laughs> and it, as much as you can say that I mean this year it sort of highlights that um across the board but when that happened and then I didn't know when my next race would be and to the extent that the team can't even go oh well let's train for this because you don't even know if that race will go ahead or or what will happen um so that changes a lot. So having, uh, I had this sort of roller coaster. I've, it seems to be all right at the moment, but it's quite up and down each day about, um, you know, why am I doing this? Uh, is this good? Do I am I who am I doing it for? And and as much as I think it's important to know your end goal and your destination, I've sort of had to really get clear on that and push that a little bit further into the future, or make it more about a feeling as opposed to about an exact event because they're just, it's ch changing so much and having a lack of control has really thrown me. And this just was an extra tip, I guess. <laughs> it could almost be, I know this is a, a twisted way to look at it in some ways, it could almost be a blessing 
with mm. what's happened with COVID, the classics would have been done four months ago, my now. So in actual fact, you could have a lot of racing and like you say, feeling fresh uh, right up until the end of October. Yeah, I really think so. And I mean, uh, a lot of the Peloton are doing a stage race now, like a shorter stage race um, for the women. But um, for me, not doing that, I think it's actually going to be a blessing because these the classics are the races that suit me. They're the races I love. And, you know, mentally they're so tiring. Like, so to, to have them all back to back in three weeks, basically, is going to be um, really hard for anyone. So I think um, being fresh is going to be key. And, yeah, I'm looking at it as a blessing actually now. Like I had, you know, six weeks more to sort of train and get into get my, get into my groove, I guess. And, um, no, I'm looking forward to it now. Question now. Uh, you are signed with FDJ, so Française yeah. des Jeux. Uh, yeah. On the men's side, it cannot be a more French team than FDJ, pretty much. You know, <laughs> In the women's side, it's three Aussies in a team. Yeah, yeah. What's the link? What, what, why three Aussies in a probably what is the I'm not against it of course by yeah, the way yeah. uh, I'm not complaining he's like uh, yeah I'm not <laughs> waiting you for it he's <laughs> <laughs> French what can we say <laughs> oh, am I really yeah I that's the whole question but uh, what is there a link between Australia and France uh so I came to the team in 2018 and Shara Gillow was already here but I'd had conversations with the team previously um and at that point I was coached by Bradley McGee Um, and yeah. while he wasn't involved in the link initially, he was involved, uh, like in discussions with the manager for me, because a lot of the women don't have agents and I sort of rely a lot on, I used to rely a lot on Bradley before he took on his role as national coach. Um, and so, and then last year I brought Brody Chapman to the team or was involved in bringing Brody Chapman to the team. So the link is just that Australians seem to get on really well with the French and we've got a good thing going. And um, we've now got three Scandinavians as well. So even though they're not the same country, we've got a Dane, a Norwegian and a Swede with seven French and then the three Aussies. Um, and we have 12 of uh, the 13 riders re-signed for next season and, and some of us for the season after as well. So we've got a good thing going on at the moment. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, that bit about Aussies and French get on. I don't know. I mean, he drives me up. after three weeks, Lauren, traveling in a car with him through the tour. I've seriously had enough. So for you, the 1.5 meter is a blessing. <laughs> I want three. I've been pushing for three meters. Anyway, that was recorded earlier. Our awesome is Lauren Kitchen. She's yeah. She's a trooper. She's a trooper. She's been around a long time, Lauren, in the in the pro ranks and national teams. And uh, now she's and a, as well for quite a while. Yeah, she's a she's a great. Um, She's a great ambassador and role model for, for young women. And she, yeah, she, I think in another part of that interview, she talked about that as yeah, well. Absolutely. Just, you know, she's been mentoring young girls. So it's great. What's with the three meters though? Mate. <laughs> What's with the three meters? Seriously, come on. You know the deal. Don't don't pretend you don't know. All right? Just uh, keep your distance. I know. I, know. Keep I, keep, I, keep, distance. I keep my place. Let's talk about cycling. Stage yes. 13. Let's have a look at the map. It's going up. It's starting. It's okay. We are in... We are in Roman Bardes territory. This is the this massive is the central. Yeah, it is, is a the beautiful area. area. I love this area. Um, seven categorized climbs, mountaintop finish up to about 1500 meters. Final climb, it's not that long, it's 5.4 kilometers, average 7.8%. There's some 15 and 12%, 12 and 15% ramps. Whoa. It's tough. Egan Bernal has done a recon. He has said this is tough. It's not okay. long, but it's tough. 45 kilometers, almost 50 kilometers, in fact, of climbing. 
So, so any, that, any, that's a tough day. What, what's a tough day? Anything over 40? Yeah, yeah, 30? yeah. I mean, yeah, 30 is sort of. Uh, look, I, I haven't didn't look closely at last night's, but that was that was pretty rolly. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a pretty solid day. This is a lot more solid. They're not they're not two thousand meter peaks. They're not coals. What we're going up today, they're mountain passes, but it's it's yeah. constant. It is constant. And again, twelve days of accumulative fatigue. Yeah. And a, off the back of a really tough stage yesterday, a fast stage. This could actually be a lot more decisive so, than what we expect. For who? Can for someone, the GC guys. Yeah, yeah, but can someone like Bardet, for example, which is only 28 or 30 seconds behind uh, uh, Roglic, can he create a bit of a surprise tonight? And because he's on his homeland, try to go for that extra energy he, and just try to grab a little bit more. He needs to have seconds. a brilliant day. Yeah, he can. He needs to have a brilliant day because you're going to see Yamba Visma controlling riding yeah. tempo Ineos if they've got some legs they'll do the same so this will be interesting it's an opportunist day though this is but you're talking climbers today Alaphilippe climbers yep maybe maybe Alaphilippe that's why I thought yesterday was a little bit too yeah. easy for him he needed it to be maybe a little bit harder um Hershey, can he do it again oh, back to back I was just about to say it sounds silly but you can't put it past him, can you? Well, at this stage, we and he seems hungry. So yeah. obviously, uh, but the other the other battle, the the green jersey. If we can just go back to yeah. that for a second, I think the sprint is well and truly in the middle of the stage. It is. it is. So if Sagan can get to that section, so three or four climbs are already completed by the time the green jersey sprint, the intermediate sprint. This could be where Peter Sagan starts to eat into that advantage of Sam Bennett. So can we see Duke in a quick step? controlling or try to control the beginning of the race to get him not through. controlling no no i don't think no, no i don't think they'll control because it'll be a tax it'll be full gas they'll try and protect he's just got to hide and survive yeah hide and survive that's it um it's like bacon shake shake yeah. and bake <laughs> hide and survive <laughs> that's <laughs> what he's got to do yeah, broadcast starts at the nine thirty. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cheesy, wasn't it? Just a bit. Yeah, that's why I cut you off because I went like, "Move on, mate. Move on." <laughs> Nothing to uh, see here. Nothing to see. Uh, nine thirty p.m. on uh, SBS on the main channel. I reckon, like like Eno said, like the Badger said, the tour really starts tonight. It does. Uh, but from now, it's up and up and up, and then we reach Paris next week. It so is. It's 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 gonna be brutal. Mountains, from now. mountains, and mountains. Yeah, this is what we want to say. Absolutely. Uh, in any other news, yeah, uh, I think we need to, to talk about this. Lucas Hamilton, yes. overnight, first win. Yes, absolutely Ab brilliant. First world tour win. First world yes. tour win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Torino Adriatico, um, really tough stage. Look, not too dissimilar to what we saw at the Tour de France. He's in great shape. And yeah. he's building towards the Giro d'Italia. So Mitchell and Scott, gee, things are going along absolutely beautifully for them. Absolutely. The Let's have a listen to uh, Lucas Hamilton after the win. To be honest, I think I was a bit worried in the final, so I made him pull the last 500 meters or so, and uh, yeah, worked in my favour in the end. I've been up at, in my home in Andorra at altitude, training pretty hard for the Giro coming up. So for me, I was uh, sort of using this race as a preparation race, and today's a good sign. It's also my first win uh, on the World Tour, so I'm uh, super happy. He's not happy. He's super happy. Super happy, so he should be. Got no, be. Yeah. Brilliant win, and he, I tell you what, he rode off uh, the wheel of, of a few superstars there as well. He is, yeah, 
we should get excited about Lucas Hamilton. Absolutely. I think he, yeah. he is right to, to go that next step yeah. uh, in that team and within his own development as well. Yeah. Another side news grab. Uh, we missed this actually, I think a day ago. Uh, Chloe Hosking won the final stage of yeah. Uh, Desch. Yeah. Great to see Chloe on the winner's top step once again. She's such a star, Chloe. Uh, she's, you know, she's a real sprinter, but gee, she's versatile and she's tough. So she had a couple of podium spots there, but winning the final stage for her. So that was good. And that's a good segue into Giro Rosa. Giro Rosa Starting. starts tonight. There are six women, six Aussie women in the race. Yeah. Of course, Mitchell and Scott fielding Amanda Spratt. Lucy Kennedy, Grace Brown, and Sarah Roy, of course. And then we've got Rach uh, Nayland and Brody Chapman. Uh, so only six. I'm a little bit surprised. Only six because mm-hmm. Aussie depth, Aussie women pro cyclists, yeah, we've got yeah. a, a real depth now. Um, so, yeah, I'm disappointed people like Chloe Hosking up there. I don't think her team's actually starting. And it's the biggest tour sta- uh, stages uh, race for the women. For the women. So, so in a good sense... The fact that there's only six Aussie women, I think that says the standard is really high. Yeah. Starts with a team's time trial, 17 kilometres around Grosseto in Tuscany on the coast, a beautiful part of the world. Uh, so that kicks off and we will be showing on SBS Cycling Absolutely. Central highlights as of Saturday. So we'll get highlights um, every day of the race. And I do believe next year there'll be live coverage Absolutely. of the Giro So that's a really – that's a real um, – yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, any other comments? Any news? Are we pretty much done for today? Uh, have we said 9.30 tonight? 9.30 tonight. 9.30 coverage broadcast. tonight. Yeah. I think we've covered off everything. Done. I think yeah. that's it. Lunchtime. Final call. Yeah. Going, going. <laughs> gone. Gone. This was the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, and, uh, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until the next episode, tomorrow, same place, same time, it's bye now. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to swift.com and start your free trial.